Arizona Sports, Wolf and Luke. This is Behind Enemy Lines. Gathering intel on this week's Cardinals opponent from inside enemy base camp. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Your retirement is on the clock. Execute your game plan today by visiting canvasannuity.com. Jim Community Studios, we've been giving you the Cardinals side of this game all week, but now we're going to flip it over to the other side and talk to DeMarco Farr, L.A. Rams sideline reporter, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. DeMarco, thank you for the time. How are you doing? Fellas, Wolf, hey, wait, it's in the promo? You're trying to make me a snitch? Come on now. I love it. You can't put it in the promo if you want me to give you some info. Forget you heard that that open. DeMarco, how are you doing, big guy? Man, I'm good. Uh, it was a victory Monday, so, you know, things are better with wins. Yeah, there's no denying that. Yeah, and of I, course, I bet you guys, you should be happy and pleased as punch with that comeback. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what I was thinking after the first half. You knew what I was thinking. I got how many hours of talk radio to do this week oh. after that first half? Can you imagine? Well, you, you know, I mean, in a nutshell, uh, what was the difference? Um, Just Kyler deciding to be that guy? You know, honestly, it, it was incredible. Um, D, we both have been around this game for a long, long time, and I don't know how much you got to watch of that game. Um, but I will tell you right now, the juxtaposition of the first half to the second half and some of the plays that actually happened in the second half and were executed by Kyler Murray. I've never seen anything like it, Dave. I don't want to be dramatic. I don't. I'm not using hyperbole here whatsoever, but I've never seen anything like some of those plays that happened in that second half. Uh, truly, I am right there with you. I have never seen a quarterback buy time like that. I didn't think that was possible in the National Football League with the athletes that roam the field on both sides, especially on defense. These are your seek-and-destroy guys. You were able to keep the play alive that long yes. and then score? That should be illegal. I've said this before. He should have to dribble when he runs. That's not fair. <laughs> That's traveling. Uh, DeMarco Farr is joining us right now. All right, DeMarco, the, the Rams start the season 1-1. One and one, You know, a rough outing in the opener against the Bills. Everybody seems to, to struggle with the Bills. And then last week, the win over the Falcons. Just uh, what's your sense of the vibe around the team right now? Coming off the Super Bowl last year, how far are they from, from playing their potential right now? Well, they're coming together. Uh, this is a completely different football team. And, you know, the, the more we're getting into this season, I'm starting to realize how much you'll realize how good Andrew Whitworth really was as a player and as a leader. So this is a different football team that's still trying to come together as a football team. So uh, they learned a lesson week one. Uh, Buffalo's very good. Um, you can't, you know, ease into a street fight. They took it to you. Uh, so they came back and they bounced back well versus Arizona. They were controlling that game for about three and a half quarters and then kind of fell asleep at the wheel and Atlanta came back and uh, made it a, a squeaker at the end. So they're learning lessons. Uh, they're on their way to becoming a pretty good football team. And oh, by the way, they have some top flight talent. Like Cooper Cup is unbelievable. I don't know how you can deny that this guy's one of the best receivers in the game. He's, he's just that consistent. Plus Aaron Donald, plus Jalen Ramsey, and Matthew Stafford. So they have some great players around the team that's coming together in September. 
You know, for me, um, I look at the offensive line and I wonder, what is going on there? Seriously, what? Because I think that is what ails the Rams offense, at least when I watch tape. How are you guys number 31 in rushing yards per game and number 32 in rushing yards per play? Still trying to figure that out. Well, the, the offensive line, number one, Joseph Noteboom steps in for Andrew Whitworth. He's a first-time starter at left tackle, so he's taken his beat. Uh, really got smoked by Von Miller in the, on that Thursday night game versus Buffalo. Came back and played. We didn't say his name once uh, last Sunday, so that's good. Uh, so you lost your starting center. You're moving uh, your, your starting right guard to center. Then you had a guy start for you at right guard who gets hurt on the first play. No. So you have to go to the bench again and bring in Alard Jackson at right guard. So the offensive line has changed about three times in the last two weeks. So with any football team, until they get right, you're going to struggle, especially in the running game. But it's not all them. Uh, the running backs, that situation, finally Cam Akers got onto the field. We were shocked when he didn't play versus Buffalo or play that much. Played a lot versus Atlanta. So this is going to be a team that runs the football, not say by committee, but at least a one-two punch with Daryl Henderson. So Cam Akers was missing week one. Uh, week two, he's still coming back from that Achilles injury. So they're trying to get the running game going. So the running backs have some culpability, and the offensive line needs time to gel. But uh, they have a commitment to run the football because they want to take the pressure off Matthew Stafford and at least open up play action. So they'll keep trying. Eventually, some of those runs will pop. You know, I'm wondering how much expectations we should really have with your offensive line when your left tackle's last name literally translates into one who records explosions. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You know, every time... you, you ask about him, and when you talk to him, the first thing that jumps off is, wow, athletic freak. Now, you know, Wolf, that's just half of it. Uh, being athletic, The park is full of great athletes. We know this. Yes. So there's more to it, especially at that position. So he's learning. So I'll tell you this. He got better in a hurry from Thursday to Sunday, improved. Some of that was who he was going against. But if he keeps going this way, by the end of the year, he should be pretty good. And on the other end, the, the gray beard is now Rob Havenstein, the right tackle. I like that your old man is at the right because that's the gruff side. So if it is to be, it's going to be running the football on that side with Rob Havenstein. DeMarco Farr joining us right now. Uh, DeMarco, since Sean McVay took over, I don't have to tell you this. I'm just really kind of repeating it for the listeners, I guess. He's 10-1 and against the Cardinals, counting that playoff game uh, at the end of last season. So just in terms of, of how the Rams see the Cardinals, you know, we see this as a rivalry. It's been pretty lopsided, though. How do the Rams see the Cardinals? Well, it's funny. I mean, talking to Sean McVay, he's ultra competitive, but this is no disrespect. But when you said 10-1, and one, I bet the only thing he thinks of is that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's that competitive. So, But I'll tell you what. So, lost in the euphoria, we're leaving SoFi happy because Thursday night was a bummer. So, we had to sit on that until Sunday. So, we're, we're leaving SoFi kind of relieved and happy until we saw what Arizona was doing. And in particular, Kyler Murray. That guy will ruin a victory Monday. So, how do the Rams feel about Arizona? Look, man, everybody should be scared to death when Kyler Murray is playing like that. So uh, a lot of respect. Uh, It is what it is. Uh, The pass is the pass. They're worried about this Sunday and trying to stop Kyler Murray this Sunday. Okay, you've got to tell me about this kid right now, Ben Skoranek. 
Are you? Oh. What is going on there? Wait a minute. Are you in 21 personnel or are you in 11 personnel? What are you exactly. doing? Exactly. You figure it out. John <laughs> McVay is a genius. But I'll tell you, you have to have a guy that's willing and is good enough to do it, and he's tough as nails. I mean, he's a gunner on, on, on punt team. Right. Uh, He's a guy that whatever you ask him to do. And I was trying to figure out, were you around, I think you were, with Jim Jensen in Miami? Yes. Yeah, number 11, but he wore a neck roll. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Same guy. Absolute same guy. So, I mean... D, he can I, line up just about anywhere and be effective. Do you know I was 222 pounds as a fullback when every fullback in the league was 250? You you know that. Right. I, I look you just have to be willing, right? You have to be willing to do it. Again, I didn't get any movement when I hit somebody, but all I did was blunt him, just stun him. And if you can just stun him or, or force him to take on the block, now all of a sudden that's all you need for the back to go by. Right. So they do that, and they did that to keep you honest. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they flip him out. You know, on a, on a pass route, on a on a pass pattern. So yeah. that's a receiver running routes against the guy that's usually covering fullbacks. Do you, so do you it's think there. So there's see that. there's always that dimension with him. And I'll tell you this: I saw him after the game, and I'm talking to him, and I said, "Man, fullback, are you kidding me?" And he looks me right in the eye and goes, "I'm a football player." And right oh. when he said that, Sean McVay walked by, was given high fives to, to the entire team for the victory, pointed at Ben Skoranek and says, "I appreciate you." You want to talk about a moment. So I can't wait to see how this guy is going to be used this weekend. Wow. That's right. awesome, dude. DeMarco, we appreciate the time and the insight, man. Thank you. No problem. Talk to you soon, Wolf. Okay, see you bro. soon. Love you, man. See you, bro. It's DeMarco Farr joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, I feel like uh, Skoranek is on the is going to be on the All-Wolf team at the end of the year. If you're allowed to have a Ram on the All-Wolf team, I feel like that's uh, he's probably the one that would I like it. that. We'll play Bark at the Moon behind it. <laughs> okay, you get to name your offense. I get to pick the defense for I you. I love that. I'm going to pick 11 guys that don't tackle just to mess with you. Uh, all right, we come back. How crucial are Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons for the Cardinals? <laughs> They're going in different directions right now. We'll explain. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Zayvon Collins. You're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I've seen a lot of maturity, taking ownership of things, demanding things from others, not suggesting things, I would say. Great open field tackle by Zayvon Collins. He read it, he trusted, and he made the play. When he fires and he's not thinking, you can see that athletic ability and that size really on display, and then he just has to keep doing that. Let go! Let go! Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. That game, not the only game, but I don't know, probably one of three or four on the schedule. You figure the Chiefs would have been one, maybe Tampa Bay later in the year if they're healthy. Not not that those are the only difficult games. The Cardinals have one of the most difficult schedules on paper of anybody in the NFL. But in terms of just specific games you look at, Wolf, and you're like, you're going to have to be firing on all cylinders to win this game. The two Rams games, every time the Cardinals play them, that's that's the way I'm going to view it. Yeah. Uh, and to me, firing on all cylinders is Isaiah Simmons playing the whole game or most of the game and playing well for most of the game. And you know, I made this comment the other day. We may see him out there. He may play 100% of the snaps, and he may play four different positions. Or we may not see him play. We may see him play like 15 plays like he did in week two. I mean, that's basically what we saw in week one was him all over the field. and week two, we saw him barely play at all, but then make the game-ending play in overtime. 
I think Isaiah's got to be out there for you to have a yeah. realistic chance against the Rams. You know, can I just say this, Luke, that if Isaiah Simmons is not starting, is not out there, and is only playing 19 reps in this game, I'm going to be a little concerned. Can I say that? Yeah. Um, that's a... That's a good point, big picture. If you don't trust him in this game, when are you going to trust him? I, I just, you know, once again, um, I, that's just me, Basinonians. It doesn't mean I know. I don't have any inside information. I don't. Um, but just watching Isaiah Simmons get 19 reps in last week's game, and yeah, he got the vast majority, 15 of those, in the second half. And yeah, he made a huge play, a couple of big plays, but a huge play, game-winning play. Play. A play that changed the game, and that's what I've wanted to see out of Isaiah Simmons. That's what I wanted to see out of Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Plays that change games. And Isaiah Simmons certainly didn't play as well as Zayvon Collins, but he changed the game. But if he doesn't get a start in this game against the Rams, and if he doesn't actually get a lot of reps... I'm going to be concerned, like, what is going on well, with yeah. Isaiah Simmons? Because that, that would speak to a, a trust level of, do they think they can put him out there in a game like this? And I get it, you're playing the Rams, so you don't want to put a guy out there. This is not developmental time. This is not, hey, let's help this guy get better while we get smoked by the Rams. But realistically, you need him playing at his best to be able to beat the Rams. I don't I, whoever you're going to bring in to take away those snaps. I don't think they have the upside that Simmons has. Now Isaiah Simmons just spoke today right after practice, so I haven't heard these yet. Wolf, I'm just going to start playing him. He said, "Yeah, uh, he wasn't happy with the lack of playing time." Well, no doubt, it's, it's definitely frustrating. You know, not being out there. This is the NFL has really been like my first time not, you know, being out there 100 percent of the time. So. Um, you know, it's definitely difficult at times, uh, but, you know, always just, just you know, just keep in mind that, you know, my opportunity is going to come, and when I do get in there, you know, just make it evident that I should be in there. Yeah, you know, um... He sounds a little surprised, or he sounds like he was a little surprised that he didn't play as much in week two. As it wasn't even close to how much he played in week one. Yeah, you know, honestly, I I, I don't know what is going on um, with Isaiah Simmons. I I don't know. I don't ask questions over there, and the reason why I don't because I don't want to know the answer. I want to know the the information. That's what I want to know. Like all of us know. I don't. Um, it's tough to talk about Isaiah Simmons because you really don't know what is going on. Is he not getting the defense? Is he not understanding the defense? Yeah, we're at the point Can with him where I'm starting to want to know what's it's, going on. Exactly, you know what I mean? Exactly. I, I want to know what are the issues because suddenly you had a guy going into this season that you felt comfortable enough where you gave him the green dot, and that matters. I don't care what you say. Week one, you gave him the green dot, and there's Isaiah. Isaiah Simmons, and he's out there balling, and then suddenly um, he's not in week two. And you took the green dot away from him. And there's Zayvon Collins in week two with the green dot. Uh, this, if, you know, this doesn't happen um, routinely. There has to be more behind this. And what it is, I don't know. Maybe it's personal. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe there was a shouting match. I don't know. Yeah, but that stuff happens. It does happen. Yes. Uh, here's more from Isaiah Simmons. 
Um, I mean, I guess that's really just left up to the coaches. Um, I go out there every day, give everything I got every play, and practice in the game. So, um, you know, that's really just left up to the coaches um, based on uh, how they evaluated me. Now, he did say he trusts the Cardinals coaching staff. A lot of the things are just what we think is just best for the team. And, you know, I believe that the coaches are... Uh, trying to make the choices that are best for the team. So you know, I just got to go out there and show that you know, I'm the best guy out there every time. And that's 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 my mentality. Every time I'm on that field, show everybody that I'm the best player on the field. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, right now, one of the things I loved about Isaiah Simmons, and I was talking about this last year, is this guy is incredibly talented. He's got all of this ability, all of this skill, all of this talent, and yet he is his own harshest critic. Um, when I listen to him right there, I want to hear him be more resolute. I want to hear him be more determined. I want to hear him be more critical well, of how he played and what he's got to do to get back on the field and get his career and his get get his play right. It feels like we are we're quickly approaching a critical juncture here with Isaiah Simmons. Okay, because. I thought he was he was going to get it. I thought he was going to be the guy. I thought he was going to be one of their best weapons on defense this season. No now, I've, I've been with you in the sense that I don't love the idea of every time, well, are you kind of thin a corner? Oh, Isaiah can play that. Well, what if you need help on the edge? Oh, Isaiah can play that. He's everybody's backup. Like that, I'd like to see him be Isaiah Simmons first, and then if you want to add another position, that's fine. But whatever. I still think he's going to get it, Wolf, and I still think he's going to be one of their more dangerous defensive players. Look, even last week when he was benched for half the game, he goes out there and ends the game by forcing that fumble. Right. But I do think we're facing or we're starting to reach a, a potential crossroads here where, I mean, can, I think they'll play him this week. But can you imagine if they sit him a lot again this right. week and he gets he starts to get more and more frustrated and we're in year three? Are you losing him? Is this going to be a guy that ends up on another team in two years yeah. that is killing it for some other team? Yeah. And, you know, why? Why would that be? Maybe some disciplinary action that is being taken here? Again, I don't know. It's pure speculation. I do know this right here. Even back when I was playing, even back when I played, um... If you, if in, when you're yelling at a coach, and that's okay to yell at a coach, there's yelling, and then there's yelling at a coach, if you know what I mean. He probably okay? only the second one. So uh, I'm just saying, I, it seems so bizarre that this guy, Isaiah Simmons, who you were so confident in, who didn't play in the preseason, who got the green dot, Isaiah Simmons, who we all saw growing through the first 12 weeks of last yeah, year. I'm just getting more frustrated the Isaiah more Isaiah Simmons, who we all coming into the season were like, this guy is ready to take that next step for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're going to tell me? He's going to get it's, 19 reps against the, the Rams. Wait, as you're, so to as, me, I think it's got to be something personal. As you're recapping it, it's more frustrating because it, you're kind of putting it all back in picture of, and we said this during the preseason. I remember saying this repeatedly on the show. If you're going to make this guy, if you're going to ask him to do everything and give him the green dot, why isn't he playing it all in the preseason? So you're telling us all preseason he's so good. We don't want to. Sh- we don't want other teams to see what he's capable of in the preseason. We're willing to risk him not getting reps because we don't want other teams to see it. He has one bad game, and it was a bad game. Yeah, it was a bad game where 95 percent of his teammates had bad games too. And all of a sudden, you don't just sit him 
You take the green dot and you sit him, which, as you pointed out earlier this week, it's almost two levels. If they had said, sorry, man, you're not ready for the green dot, just get out there and play. Okay, he wasn't ready for the green dot, but he's still playing. Yeah. But you dropped him two levels, it's like you benched him twice in week two. Yes, and once again, like I said, it's not a big deal to me. It isn't, even if it was personal, even if he, he yelled at a coach, if you know what I mean. Okay? Second yell. <laughs> that, that happens, right, exactly. It happens, and maybe that's what it was. But if he doesn't get reps, a lot of reps, like 60 reps this week, I, I'm going to be a little concerned about that, man. Yeah, if, if everything's fine this week, then I think it goes away. Right. But if it's if this is going to start to be an issue, then I just I think you're you're this guy was a top 10 pick and not that long ago. And you had high hopes for him a week and a half ago. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Which players have the best chance to play a pivotal role on Sunday when the Cardinals take on the Rams? I'll tell you next with the week three edition of Fulcrum Football. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Luke. Fulcrum football. It's a good time for some Fulcrum football right here, Wolf. Yeah, indeed, man. Shall we? So the rules for Fulcrum football again. Quarterbacks are frowned upon, but you can take them. You'll just be frowned upon. It's not the best players in Sunday's game. It's the players most likely to swing this Cardinals-Rams matchup, and they can be on either team. So are you ready for the coin flip? Yes, I am, as a matter of fact. Oh, look, I won. Oh, well. <laughs> look how that worked out. Alright. That's interesting right there. Okay, Basinonians, my first player of Fulcrum football has got to be Will Hernandez. Yeah, that's what I said. Will Hernandez. I like big butts and I can't Stop (laughs) it, Cameron. That's not funny. Oh, it was funny. Rick. Um, look, Will Hernandez right now, if the Arizona Cardinals are going to win this game, they have to stay balanced, and that means they have to be able to run the ball. And in particular, they have to be able to run the ball in a north-south way against Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is going to line up over Will Hernandez. The double team is going to come down. Calvin Beecham and Will Hernandez, they've got to be able to take on Aaron Donald and move him off the ball tire him, get him to a point where he's gassed, and then you can think about throwing the ball at that point in time. Will Hernandez, my first player. I need to go back and find the uh, Fulker football results from the first couple weeks, and there's no way to score this, but just see who won. Okay. We'll put him up uh, for, for objective judges on, uh, on social media. Alright, with my first pick, Wolf, and this is players that are most likely to swing the game on Sunday, Cardinals or Rams, I'm going to take Aaron Donald. I say, man, it's lit right now. <laughs> Look, uh, I hope Aaron Donald does nothing on Sunday. And But I will say this. If Aaron Donald does nothing on Sunday, if he just has a game where he's randomly flat or the Cardinals shut him down somehow, that will swing the game. So no matter what, Aaron Donald's existence is going to swing the game one way or the other on Sunday. Okay, base on means That's great, Luke, right there. That's great. Aaron Donald. Yeah, that is um, great. I won. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see a theme here. My second fulcrum football player is Justin Pugh. 
Yeah, that's right, Justin Pugh, because he plays left guard. Do you understand that Aaron Donald can line up over the right guard many, many times? He'll also line up over the left guard an awful lot of the times and shade his outside shoulder, as a matter of fact. See, Aaron Donald likes to line up over both guards from time to time, and you never know which one he's going to choose. So Will Hernandez has got to play well, not only if you want to run the ball, but also in pass protection, and so does Justin Pugh, because they, more times than not, will be blocking Aaron Donald. Yeah, Justin Pugh, my second fulcrum football player. All right, I don't want to just take Rams, so I'm going to switch over to a Cardinal here, and a Cardinal we talked about towards the start of the show. He's most likely going to have his hands full with Cooper Cup all day, but I'm going to go with Byron Murphy. (laughs) Byron Murphy coming off a great performance against Devontae Adams and the Raiders, and of course (laughs) scoring the winning touchdown against the Raiders. Wolf, I'm I'm very happy with my first two picks. See, that is good right there. It really is. Uh, We, I you know, you're right. Uh, Byron Murphy, that is a great pick right there. But you're going to see the theme happening here, Basinonians. My third fulcrum football player for the Arizona Cardinals, Rodney Hudson. Yeah, Rodney Hudson, the center. Because a lot of times Aaron Donald is going to line up over Rodney Hudson. Aaron Donald is going to line up in that one gap, that A gap right there, and a one technique, and he's going to fire off the ball. And a lot of times, Rodney Hudson is going to be responsible for blocking Aaron Donald. So let's see. We've got Will Hernandez, Justin Pugh, and Rodney Hudson. Mm. Get it? What is the theme? I cannot figure it out. I like big butts and I cannot lie. I do not. Tends to be the theme. Uh, All right, Wolf. All right, you took Rodney Hudson? Yeah. I don't know which one of these guys I should take, but I'm going to play by the rules. I'm not going to go pull a Wolf and take three players. Um, limited take practicing. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not oh. going to do it. You've done that before. I'm no, going to take don't. James Connor. Well done. <laughs> the voice approves. With the hope that he plays, and it seems like there's a chance he might play. And, Wolf, i got a stat for you here, which I don't usually do in Fulcrum football. Okay. Um, in the playoff game against the Rams last year, the Cardinals were outrushed 140 to 61. Okay. What's your point? In the uh, the <laughs> loss in the second part of the season against the, uh, the, the Rams, they put up 103 rushes rushing yards. But when they beat the Rams early in the season, the Cardinals ran for 216 yards. Now, a lot of that was Chase Edmonds. That's why it, maybe it won't be James Conner. Maybe it'll be, you know, Benjamin. Maybe it'll be Darrell Williams. But the running game. And James Conner is still the face of the running game, so I will take him. I love that right there. No doubt. Okay, let's see. I've got Will Hernandez, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson. My fourth Fulcrum football player, Max Williams. Ooh. Max Williams. Oh, yeah, Max, a true stud tight end. Put him at the Y, Basinonians. Let him get on the hip of DJ Humphreys. Let him get on the hip of Calvin Beecham. Let him come off the ball and hit somebody in the face. Slap shots and big hits. What more do you need? Especially at the point of attack. Let him do it. Because the Arizona Cardinals need to be able to run the ball against the Rams. And Max Williams has got to be the beating heart of that point of attack and attacking the Rams by running the ball, you bad, bad man. 
All right, I'll do it. I'll, I'll further our conversation from last segment, Wolf, and I will take Isaiah Simmons. We're better than you, and we know it. <laughs> and uh, and look, if he doesn't play, if for some reason he's sitting for a good chunk of this game again, well, that's pivotal because that's a problem beyond just Sunday. But if he does play, I think he's one of the potential playmakers. He's the sort of guy that I could see Matthew Stafford throwing a pass to in the second quarter. And if Isaiah Simmons is out there to catch that pass, you got to catch it this week. Okay, obviously. so let's give in summation right here: yes. uh, Will Hernandez, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, Max Williams, and Daryl Williams. That was my next one right there. Here you go, sneak a player right, in there. Okay, well, fine. All right, well then, here, here were mine: Aaron Donald, Byron Murphy, James Conner, Isaiah Simmons, and Cooper Cup. I forgot to say him. Cooper Cup's my last pick. Oh, okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. check. Maybe. See, for me, it's all about the physicality and the Arizona Cardinals running the ball to stay balanced, or they have no chance. All right, that was Fulcrum Football Week Three Edition. When we come back, ASU taking on Utah. Is it a prove-it game already for ASU interim head coach Sean Aguano? Does he have potentially a lot to gain if the Sun Devils could somehow pull off an upset tomorrow? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert! Presented by 72 Soul. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Okay, well, we get a new era of Sun Devil football starting tomorrow. Well, this is good new era music right here. This is weird. This is Muse. Muse um, is generally weird. Muse is definitely weird. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of like this song. I, 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 guilty pleasure, I like Muse. Really? I did. I've seen them once. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go see them. I'm sorry. I, I didn't go to see them. Okay. They were a band that was at the show, and I saw them. Yeah, but they were kind of cool when they were cool. <laughs> Everybody was cool when they were cool. Uh, all right, so on to ASU. ASU with uh, now quite the gauntlet coming up here. The, you know, the first three games, everybody looked and said, "Okay, you got NAU, Eastern Michigan. Those are wins, right? Probably not going to beat Oklahoma State, but go. You, you'll be two and one through the first three, and then the schedule, the conference schedule starts." Well. They didn't win one of those two games, so they're actually one and two through the first three. And now they get number 13, Utah, number 7, USC, number 18, Washington as their next three games. And if you're Sean Aguano, those are your first three games as head coach. So that's quite the way to start out, isn't it? Yes. No, that is brutal. Yeah. Um, I, I... I have to believe, Wolf, if he has any chance of becoming, of staying the coach longer than these nine games... Um, it, nine games just isn't very much, and he doesn't. It's not like he has a bunch of new pieces to work with that Herm didn't have to work with. Like I know it's easy to blame Herm for everything. It wasn't all Herm's fault that yeah. guys were were making some of the plays they were making. I have to think if if Sean Aguano has any thoughts of trying to stay as the head coach beyond this season. He's got to win one of these next three games, which probably isn't even a fair ask, honestly. Yeah, you know, honestly, his his relative lack of inexperience at the college level. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about being a college head coach. Yeah. Um, to me, I think that's going to hurt him going forward, regardless of what he might do. Um, I think you have to be realistic in what you should expect to see against Utah. I think you should be realistic in what you expect to see over the next three weeks. As a matter of fact, the next three games, um, uh, for me... Moral vic- moral victories are alive on this one. And the reason why I say that, Basin Onions, is because I don't expect them to win at all. How do they play? 
this is this is my expectation. How do they play? That all that is the only thing in this case that I think matters. Yeah. No, I, I think I think there's there's two ways the story goes. As as somebody went to ASU watching the game on Saturday, I'm gonna be looking for does this team actually look motivated to play? Because yeah. it's the same group. And and are they are the dumb penalties finally going away? Do they like, look prepared? Yeah. Do you need to make it harder on yourself, or can we actually, especially against Utah, who you handed the game to last year? Like, can you actually just can you go out there and play at to your to your potential? I don't think as much as that would help ASU. I don't think Sean Aguano has any chance of being the head coach if he just gets these guys to play to their potential because it's nine games and like you said he doesn't have experience to point to. Right. It is a Pac-12. It's a major program. They're going to want to go out there and, and find a name or somebody who's established. But if I'm Sean Aguano, I'm looking at this saying, okay, look, I got nine games as a head coach. I'm going to leave my mark. And the only way he can leave his mark and have a chance to actually be considered is if he's beating some of these ranked teams, which is almost impossible in your first game to go out there and expect to beat Utah. But uh, Burns and Gambo had him on yesterday, Sean Aguano, and they asked him what sort of mark you want to leave on this program. Paying attention to detail. Uh, I, put, I put a lot of uh, a stamp on my expectations that are minimum standards of making sure we check in the morning, taking, making sure that everybody's five minutes early to team meetings. All of those things that I think maybe have caused uh, um, some um, undiscipline on the field. So, so from a foundational standpoint, I wanted to make sure we take care of that. And then make sure that uh, our kids are having fun and, uh, and inspiring them and having positive practices. Okay, so once again, and this is great news to me, I love what Coach Aguano is actually saying right there because what he's saying is is there was a discipline problem. He basically just said in that clip what you were saying you want to see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, think about it right there. He said, hey, listen, we, we need you to address this. Attention to detail and what it is that you're doing. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing or are you not? Are you being disciplined on the field, and are you being disciplined off? The- I, I love it, Coach. I love it, Coach Aguano. This is exactly right. This is the only chance that you have going forward in regard to going out and playing well, not even winning games, just playing well. And if he gets these kids to go out and play well, maybe, just maybe, they have a chance of of pulling off some kind of magic. Well, But overall... I, I think Coach Iguano knows what he's up against because of his lack of relative experience as a head coach. I don't think he even thinks he's going to get the job yeah, at the end of the and, year. And maybe they bring in somebody and he gets to stick around as an assistant. Who knows? I mean, you can only control what you can control. But to the point of attention to detail, I can't think of a time in the last year and a half where I've used attention to detail and ASU in the same sentence other than I wish ASU had more attention to detail. That's about it. I mean, because that has been, that has Which absolutely is been their, their biggest issue the last year and a half. It's where I thought Herm was going to be at his best. Yeah. Man. That, that's what made that, last year so maddening. Man. Because if if ASU went six and six this year, nobody gets excited about six and six. But if ASU went six and six this year, or even seven and five, Sunderville fans would be like, "All right, wow! Like all things considered, okay, you know, it's not the it's not the end goal, but that that's better than we expected." Last year, Wolf, they did go eight and four, but it was a miserable eight it and four because they should have been ten yeah. and two. Yep, <laughs> at least 
And I, I still don't know how they lost to the Washington State game either. Uh, here's more from Sean Aguano. Uh, this I want to make sure I get to because we, you and I talked about this briefly. It was in that athletic story and a couple other places too. And it was it had such a left such a mark on me, Wolf. I I have it saved on my phone. I'm showing it's you incredible. right now as a picture. This line from that athletic story. Uh, from a week ago that said an opposing coach recently told the athletic that it wasn't hard to get intel on this season's team because some within Arizona State Athletics wanted a coaching change. So Burns and Gambo asked Sean Aguano about reports that coaches might have been leaking info to opponents, which seems unbelievable to me. I have not heard about it. And uh, in, in regards to any of the negativity out there uh, that affects our team, um, I, will, I will never bring that into our team. Um, our, our main deal right now is to make sure that so we give positive, have a positive impact on these kids uh, and making sure that they're ready for Saturday. So I don't uh, pay attention to that. Uh, I make sure my kids don't pay attention to that. So that is never mentioned in any of our um, meetings at all. Love that right there. Once again, I mean, this is the way you got to do it. You got to come in and you got to lay the law down. And it sounds like that's exactly what he's doing. Discipline above all else or otherwise, it all unravels, basically. It does. It unravels. And once it unravels, um, there is no playing well. And he knows that. And this is this is his experience as a head coach, of course, at the high school level. This is his experience. He knows it. Coach Iguano knows if if the discipline in the support system, the support of the game, if all of it unravels, you have no chance of playing well during the game. I think in some ways Sean Iguano might be exactly what ASU needs right now in the sense of focusing on discipline and attention to detail and just getting back to basics. Now, the question is, is it going to look like he's in over his head tomorrow against Utah or next week sure. against USC? That's that, Then that question will be answered very quickly. Did the guys actually ask him, Burns and Gambo, did they actually ask Coach if he thought he had a chance at landing the job at the end of the season? Did uh, they ask him that the at all? The one or? I have right here is they asked him how he became the interim head coach. Okay. Let's play this. It was an unfortunate uh, time on Sunday when we had our scheduled uh, team meeting um, and uh, probably 15 minutes before we walked in, um, you know, Herm addressed myself uh, and as well as uh, Ray Anderson and Gene Boyd and at that time asked me uh, to accept the position and uh, on the spot I did uh, with the Herm's blessing. So that's all we got from him that was it, of, okay. a big picture but look you know as a competitor I mean I could put myself in that position too I would I if I'm Sean Aguano like I said I'm looking at this like I've got nine games whatever I can do with these nine games whether it's realistic or not I'm hoping I go nine and oh I'm expecting to somehow find a way to go nine and oh because sure. I want to make it almost impossible for them to look at me and say yeah we went out and got this other guy from some other school if I went nine and zero or eight and one with this team how can they do that right well honestly right now too uh, I, I think if if he did well if you if, can you imagine if he was five and four somehow I'll take way, it. I'll take they're five above 500 the rest of the way this is going to be a feather in Sean Aguano's cap Big time. Oh yeah, I mean you're you're I know he loves ASU and he's a big valley guy. Even if he doesn't get the the job at the end of the year, this is this is great on his resume. Your resume for another school for sure or you know at least to stick around here and be higher up, who knows. It <laughs> winning solves a lot. Unfortunately, they haven't been winning. We come back all of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolf and Down your lunches next. It's Wolf and Luke on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station.